elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. There are things that are said to you or said around you that I think sometimes are not purposefully coded because if you grew up in it, you you just you know what this person's saying. Other things are purposefully coded, but they are clues as to what's being truly communicated to you. And I know, you know, as you guys enter pop culture and especially interface with like street culture, black culture, you may hear hear somebody say, what up, love, you know. You think it's cute to just say stuff like, you know, we we bicking back being boo. Oh, that's brazy. You know, saying a B instead of a C for crazy. But all that means something. They have origins and you may not know what you're actually communicating here. You may notice that artists like YG, you know, whenever he, you're reading the word crazy, it's with a K, you know, and you heard you heard. Kendrick say many times, brazy. There are reasons for that. And the listener, almost on some like, he who has ears to hear, let the hearer hear. You feel me? In other words, there's what's being said and there's what's being communicated. Oh, if you've, if you have any relationship with the significant other, you understand the difference. There's what you said and there's what was heard, what was communicated. The difference. Somebody introduce you as they cuz, you know what I'm saying? What's up, cuz? Or, yo, this my cousin. Or, yo, this my rally. What's up, relative? What up, kin folk? I personally oftentimes use cuz, kin folk, rally, really interchangeably. Because I'm not an active gang member. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just grew up in a per- certain part of town. And I understand and respect the people for which I might be speaking to. I understand if I were to, you know, in some strange twist of events, happen to meet YG. I would say, oh, what up, Ken Folk? Like, I would introduce myself like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, what up, Ken Folk? Prop. You know, just I'm being respectful. You may not think that, but I know I'm being respectful. Words matter. And even words that seem interchangeable matter. 
let's go ahead and talk about not a ceasefire, but a humanitarian pause. Hood politics, y'all. Oh, man, I'm actually I was very surprised that there was enough of these goings on to actually record a full episode of this. You see people all over the streets screaming for a ceasefire. But you see our president talking about a humanitarian pause. And you see, oh, Benny, who is like with the shits. Talk about I ain't no ceasefire, but I'm cool with a humanitarian pause. Are we, are we not saying the same thing, nigga? Like, what the... What are you talking? I'm just saying, like, stop shooting. It's people like that. Well, I, okay, tomato, tomato. No, it ain't tomato, tomato. We're going to get into it today. And I'm positive you knew it wasn't tomato, tomato. You knew there was a reason for this. And the same reason I would introduce myself to YG. I'd be like, what's up, homie? What up, Ken Folk? I would say something like that to him. And there's other things I wouldn't say, like, what up, Slime? What up, Five? I wouldn't say that to him. Because it would communicate something about myself. That's actually not true. Other than just being respectful to him. I know I'm getting in the weeds here. But if you from here, you grew up around this, you get it. But let me make it a little more uh, open and palatable to the rest of our audience. When I first started touring, like touring hard, hit, hit, hitting the road pretty hard. The DJ I mostly toured with was my man Effecto, you know, rest in peace from Long Beach, Filipino dude. He was an Enneagram nine, <laughs> but uh, was just such a, such a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, passed away in 2018. But before I was hitting the road hard with Effect, I was hitting the road hard with my man DJ Promote, who now lives in Koreatown and we run club real ones every first Sunday. Pull up on me if you out here, uh, Long Beach, California. Actually, dude, it's a destination. Come pull up on us every first Sunday day party. 3 p.m., 7 p.m., Long Beach, California. It's incredible. Anyway, we would get these gigs and some of these gigs would be, and if you know my history, you know I had a soiree into the sort of church music world uh, as a hip-hop spoken word artist. I've always kind of bounced between both of those art forms and also both of these worlds, you know, of sort of a religious space for music, but also, you know, I was open for De La Soul. I was out on the road. Y'all know me. Like, you know, I just love hip hop. I go where hip hop is. Anyway, we would be at these events and I, we'd be working on a set and I'd be like, all right, you know, hey, so, so like what songs you want to do, you know? And I'm talking to promote, like, I will probably do like, you know, maybe this poem, this poem. Crowd scene, how's, how is that crowd scene? Oh, they seem like, you know, they high school and college. Oh, okay, well, let's do this. Then I would ask the person that brought me out, like, hey, what are you guys, like, so what, do you, what were you guys thinking? Like, what are you guys expecting? Like, do you like, you know, you feel like you want something a little more poetic, kind of stripped down. You, you want them to jump. You want them to bounce. You want them to throw, throw you a party. Like, what are you, what are you looking for? And they would say, oh, well, you know, this. we just want you to, like, you know, do you. Like, you know, do what you feel. Do what you think the Lord is telling you to do, you know. And, you know, do, do, do what you feel. I, we just want you to feel free. We love your poetry. You do what you feel like you want us to do. And I'll be like, all right, dope. Okay, so I'm thinking we'll do this song and this song, you know, and they'll be like, oh yeah, no, we like that. We really love your poetry, you know, and this, and, but yeah, yeah, you guys work it out. And I'm like, all right, 
you know, this, this be like down south or something, you know, and promote my my, my man. From, he from the south. So promote grew up in Texas. You would never guess, but he grew up in Texas and like nowheresville, Texas. And he was like, they want you to do poetry. And I was like, what? He just said for me to do what I feel. And he's like, he said for you to do poetry. And I'm like, what? I don't like he said he liked the poetry. So let's do some poems. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. He's telling you to do a poetry set. You don't speak Southern. And I was like, no, I don't. What is you talking about? He was like, bro, like when he says he really loves your poetry, I was like, oh. And then it started happening more and more. And I started seeing it. I was like, oh, that's what you mean. Oh, so you won't say what you mean. You'll just infer. I'm from the coast. I say what I mean. Like if you wanted poetry, like I just, I'm asking. I'm like, I asked you the question. Like if if I was just going to do me, I wouldn't have asked you, but I asked you, like, what did you desire? <laughs> you said do me. And you suggested that you liked my poetry. So that meant I should consider that in my decision-making process, but it's my decision. Promotes like, he's requesting poetry. And I was like, all right, well, let's do a poetry set. I just, then I don't know what I flew you out for. If I'm just going to do some spoken word, I don't need a DJ. Like, I wish he would have told me this before I bought all these flights. So Promote was telling me that words were being communicated at another level that I just didn't understand. But if I spoke that culture, I would have understood because according to Promote, what he's teaching me is it would have been rude to just tell you what to do. That would have been offensive, even though I asked, you know. And in my mind, I'm like, well, you just, I mean, it's the same thing. You just, you're still just telling me what you want me to do, but it's not the same. Now I'm gonna go back to these, uh, you know, more street examples. Now keep in mind, even going to these street examples, this stuff can vary by region, by age group. <clears throat> you probably got folk in your family that will be like, this nigga don't know, it's not like that. It, it may be, you know what I'm saying? I'm speaking on my own experience, all right? Now, in a lot of ways, gangbanging has evolved in that, at least when you're out here, you're not so much looking at colors or even language spoken, although sometimes that's a big clue. You're looking for sports teams or colleges on the hats that will tell you who you're actually dealing with. You know, it, you, would, you would think it funny to see a whole group of, fans of the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team out here, but that's there's a reason for that. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be no Pirates fan out here. That matters. North Carolina uh Tar Heels. Yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna be a Tar Heels fan out here. These things they're they're communicating like sets. They're communicating gangs and a lot of that was due to the fact that colors were too easy, not only for your op, but for the police. You know, it was too easy to figure out who was, you know, involved in what. So there's this uh, just network of rules that I'm so old now that I would be like, dog, I need a somebody need to hand me a rubric. 
So just you're pretty safe. You're wear if you're pretty safe. If you're if you're in LA and you're wearing a Lakers jersey, it's pretty. It's fine because everybody loves the Lakers, you know. Uh, but a Dodgers or a Dodgers fitted, you know, Yankees fitted, uh, Angels fitted cap that actually means something too. I, I I know. Now look. On the other hand, if you're just you know, Ryder and Tyler and Skyler, I don't know why y'all all rhyme, and you're just you're on your guy's trip, you know, you're from Indiana, you're on your guy's trip, just like visiting, you know, major league stadiums just for your own, you're fine, wear the team, you, you're clearly not involved in this life, don't, don't be scared, like, it's fine, okay, this isn't the movies, you know, you're not gonna, listen, you're fine, you go, you get off at LAX, you know, you go see the Man Chinese Theater. Go get you a hot dog. You know, go cruise Melrose. Go to Dodger Stadium. Go see, you know, Shafez Ravine and just enjoy yourself. Okay. Go to Disneyland. You know, rep your favorite, you know, sooner. You're fine. Okay. That's you. It's that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. So like, don't. Don't sensationalize what I mean here. Go to Venice Beach, you know, be a Boston Red Sox fan. It's fine, all right? Just don't be a Boston Celtics fan. <laughs> but anyway, the brazy stuff, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, uh, that, you know, using K's instead of C's, traditionally that comes from, you know, kind of blood tradition. A lot of this stuff is like, oh, niggas, like, oh, niggas still do this shit, you know what I'm saying? And I and remember, I'm, I'm including myself in that. So rather than say, like you always hear me all the time, like say, what up, cuz? Like, cuz is short for cousin, but it's also communicating that I grew up around Crips. So if I were to meet YG, I would say Ken folk. One, it starts with a K, and two, it's just respectful. I know that he's not a Crip. I know what part of town I would be like, what's up, what I really like? That's me respecting his space, you know? So I'm gonna use a term that is, because I'm trying to be respectful. I'm not trying to bang on him, right? But it, like I said, if I'd have been like, what up, slime? What up, five? Like, those are phrases that would communicate that I am also an active blood. And I am not. Same thing if I would have met, if I were to meet a crib, I wouldn't call him Loke. Because that's, again, communicating that I am in the trenches. I'm in the field with him. And I'm not, fam. I'll hear it in Latino hoods. Uh, if I were to be like, you know, 13 or, or, or 14, 13 or 14, like you're talking Norteño and Soreño, like, which is like Northern or a Southerner, which is more how their sort of situation kind of plays out. Obviously I'm not a Cholo, you know what I'm saying? Like I ain't no Vato. I just grew up over here and I know how to speak respectfully to them. I understand that that is y'all's war. I would, I would not mean any harm. I'm just from the Sur. I'm just from Southern California. So what did I say? Because I'm just from this part of town. If I were to meet someone from the North, I would respect the fact that, you know, they from the North. I get it. 14. You know what I'm saying? Now, what those numbers mean, I can't tell you. And even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. I, I don't know. I just know that's what they call each other. The point is, I understand that they communicate things. It's hoods out here that are all called something 13. Florence 13. You heard that you know, Whittier Thresse, like these are hoods out here. These, these 13s mean something. They mean 
Southern California. It would be disrespectful for me to address a person. Basically, it's like you're you're miss you know you're misgendering a person. Like yo, that's that's disrespectful. Even if you, no matter, look, I don't care where you fall on the pronouns. It's just if somebody asks you to call them something, call them something. That's it's just you just being courteous. You being respectful. I understand these words mean something to you. And if they mean something to you, they mean something to me. Now, when the stakes are high enough to where we might be talking violence or all out war, that shit matters. Now, let's talk about Israel Hamas. Optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Okay, so now you've gotten a peek at as to what it would be like if you, you know, was trying to communicate while outside. You feel me? Let's take it there to this uh, conflict we, we, we're experiencing or we're watching happen now. Because, again, words matter. We ain't experiencing it, nigga. We just watching it. Unless you really plugged in over there. Because, yeah, there's the, the news don't do it justice, if you understand what I mean. He who has ears to hear. Now, I want to address a few terms. I want to address ceasefire versus humanitarian pause from the river to the sea. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about occupied territory. I want to talk about 
this is the heavy one to me. The remember what the Amalekites did phrase. If you, you grew up in church, then this one, this one heavy, dog. All right, let's get started. So a ceasefire is exactly what you think it is. It's like, listen, we just, it's a triage, right? We just need to stop the bleeding. It's too many people dying. It's too much bloodshed on both sides of this thing. The world is like, listen, first of all, everyone knew we were no closer to peace or a solution on January 6th than we were January 7th. And now we ain't no closer either. Matter of fact, we further away from a solution. The reality is, again, if you can transport yourself to the founding of the USA, the Americans ain't leaving. I, like, they not going to leave. And while the natives are fighting for their life, fighting for their land, fighting for their history, their, their heritage, their posterity, the reality is, and I know that they knew, these white folks ain't leaving. They not, they not going to leave. And... I mean, what do you do? You fight to the death, right? But if you, but if if the internet exists, I would imagine the world would be calling for a ceasefire. Now, I'm gonna get into the next episode some even more nuanced and and stuff that if you was paying attention, you probably caught already. But I'm gonna say that for next week because now I just want to talk about the words, right? So. A ceasefire is something that's obvious. Like, I mean, do you got a soul, nigga? Like, y'all got to stop shooting at each other, man. Like, I don't, I'm just saying at least for now. Like, I'm not saying I know the, I know the answer. Nigga, I'm just saying like, this shit, like y'all, this shit ain't working. Like, niggas is just dying out here, everybody. Dog, all hospital blown. You feel me? Like, come on, fam. Y'all got to stop shooting. Like, that's just, and it's just obvious. And the power dynamic between... Hamas and the Israeli government is just, it's almost laughable. You know, it's like, if it's not as though Hamas are chumps. Don't get me wrong. They're not chumps. Like they, they got their squabbles clearly. Right. And they organized enough. And it's, and, and, and let me give a side note here to understand Hamas is to understand the thing I used to say about the Black Panthers, which is like, you ask 10 different Panthers what the Panthers are, you're going to get 10 different answers, right? In that sense, they're the same. In some senses, Hamas' desire is to just be a boring bureaucracy government, like one party system. They got offices, nigga. You could like email them and just be like, yo, what's up? And then you got wild boys that are like, nigga, we bout that action. Like, they want to be taken serious. They want to be a government, right? And if they're a government, then it's up to the people of Palestine to decide whether they fuck with them or not. Let them decide whether they like Hamas or not. You know, does that make sense? That, so there's, there's, there's that to understand, which in the same way that Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and the U.S. government ain't me, Hamas ain't Palestine. It's reductive and may be accurate that, you know, they're a terrorist group. But you say that about the U.S. military. They just got more badges. I mean, I'm not I'm not conflating. I'm just saying the words matter. What we call in these people matter. They communicate things 
that go beyond what is being said. Now, a ceasefire is something that is plain and obvious to anyone with a soul. No one wants to see their grandma die. So what the hell is a humanitarian pause? Well, the phrase matters. This is why it matters. Because what Benjamin Netanyahu is saying is that if I agree to a ceasefire, I'm basically calling myself a bitch and I'm giving them time to regroup. He's like, I need to lead, keep the pressure on them. This the only way I'm going to win this shit is if I beat these niggas to a pulp. If I show that I am so with the shits, that I'm so about that action, that they get no break. I'm going to find y'all. I don't care where your mama stay, where your grandmama stay. Nigga, I don't care about shit. You think I give a fuck about your daughter, nigga? I'll shoot her through, the, through her damn stroller, which is essentially the attitude that Benjamin Netanyahu and the, and the, and the armies of Israel is trying to say. I don't give a fuck about no damn civilian, nigga. You live over there, you wanted him, is what is the attitude. So no, 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 ain't no ceasefire. Ain't no ceasefire, right? No, ain't no peace. Kill my cousin back in 94, nigga, fuck your truce. Like, that's kind of where he at. But I will agree to, not a ceasefire, but I don't need to smoke for the rest of the world, from the rest of the world. If the rest of the world said, I don't need to smoke from the UN. I don't need to smoke from... My greatest ally, as in the USA, because if you make an enemy out of the USA, I mean, it's you in a different situation. Israel not afraid to take on all of the Arab nations if they know they got the USA on their side, because it could come down to that. It could have. It didn't. Thank the Lord God Almighty. But it could have. Right. So he not scared if he know he got the USA behind him. But if he lose the USA. Oh, man. I, I mean, don't get too cocky. They don't want a lot of wars. They have fought off. They have fought off everybody who has came after them, but they've also had big home USA with them. Anyway, I'll agree to a humanitarian pause, which is basically saying for the sake of you getting your aid in, I ain't going to shoot at these people trying to get aid. I'm not going to stop the aid from coming in. I give y'all a four hour window, but just know my finger on the trigger to which me and you would say, nigga, that's a ceasefire. I don't understand. What, uh, what, what, nigga, that's a cease, uh, what is you talking about? That's a ceasefire, right? Um, but it's not because the words matter. They was talking about right now, the hospital in Gaza is out of fuel, they're out of gas. And Israel was like, all right, we'll give y'all this many gallons of gas. Palestine, like, nigga, that's going to last a half hour. You could keep your gas because that's such a diss, right? So that's why they like, Man, I don't want to hear shit about this humanitarian pause. That's some bullshit. You, we know what you're saying. What you're saying is you're not going to stop shooting, but you don't want to leave the good graces of your homie. Why America would jump in and say this, I'm going to be kind right now to America for no particular reason, but just to be generous in, in this reading. If America jumps in and says, we're calling for a ceasefire, you lose all credibility with Netanyahu. Now you can't talk to him. Now you ain't got no right to interface with it. But if you publicly be like, yeah, humanitarian pause, when you shut the door, you can still talk to them and be like, fam, you are tripping, bro. This shit got to stop. Cause Like, I understand you hurt. I understand you got the right to defend yourself. And look, I got your back outside. Listen, listen, there's one thing. If you was raised by a black mama, there's one thing, you know, the rule in this house, the listen, do not. I don't I can't tell you. I, I would argue. This is the top 
rule. The top rule, if you got a black mama, don't embarrass me in public. Don't you contradict me in public. Don't you tell me no in public. Don't you ever in public. Because what mama gonna do, she gonna calmly say, oh, wherever we at, she gonna say, okay, I think it's time to head out. Son, go get your stuff. Okay, babe, all right. Well, I'll see you next week. We could be at church. He's like, God bless you. You know, and now unto him who was able to keep you from falling. All right, sister. God bless you. God keep you. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent, one from another. You think you good. As soon as you get in the car, the door shut, the window go up. Nigga, who do you think you is talking? I ain't one of your little friends. How did the unmitigated gall? That's what black mamas like to say. Nigga, you finna get it. Listen, listen. She gonna wear you out when you get home. Why? Because you embarrassed her in public. So I'm saying you gotta keep it G in public when you're home. Even I don't care how dumb your homie acting. You gotta keep it G in public. And then when you get home, when the door shut, you could be like, fam, you are bugging right now. I get it, but nigga, like, you ain't got to do all this shit. Like, God he going to be like, you don't know. You don't know. It's like, well, nigga, look, man, like you going to get to a place where I'm going to be like, you on your own, fam. Like you can't be, you, you expect us to just show up all the time, bro. Like you see me, you see me riding for you out here, but like you blow up the fucking hospital. Cause like, I can't, I can't, I can't scramble the troops, homie. Like we can't come, we can't come, we can't help you. You going to act like this. You want us to help you like, bro, you got to chill. So you agree to the phrasing humanitarian pause. Because, again, the words are communicating something more than the words. What you're saying is you get to you could keep riding just like, damn, have have a little heart. Because I can't help you if you don't have a little heart. Humanitarian. Paul. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Next, I want to talk about the phrase river to the sea. Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. and the word picture is just that. They're saying that all of this land from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, this was Palestine. Like, that's Palestine. So 
from a geographical perspective, you're talking about the land. Now, the phrase can mean a lot of different things and can be interpreted a lot of different ways. This phrase can be weaponized, very similar to Black Lives Matter, very similar to critical race theory, you know, woke. This phrase, River to the Sea, has gone through a lot of these sort of bastardizations, weaponizing. They just mean a lot of different things. Now, the most aggressive reading is this idea, like we said, that like Israel shouldn't exist. Like this is a one state solution. Like this region is like y'all, like I don't understand what everybody don't understand. They are the occupiers. Like this is so, this is so simple. This is a colonization and a stripping of rights and humanity of the indigenous population. Very simple. And the only way for us to have peace is for y'all to go. River to the sea. Everywhere. Y'all don't belong here. I don't care. Not in my backyard, nigga. I don't care where you go. Just not here. Right? That's one reading of the idea of river to the sea. Another reading is Israel saying the same thing. Like, basically, Jordan, Lebanon, Palestine, all of it's ours. All of it's the promised land. So they say, river to the sea. That is also an eradication. Some use it in terms of like, we just want peace in this region. From the Jordan River all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. We just want to see peace. Like, how can we coexist? You feel me? So it means multiple things in used in particular context. Now, y'all may have seen the only Palestinian congressperson we, we have get censured over using the phrase from the river to the sea. It'll be the same way as me losing gigs for saying Black Lives Matter, where it's like, nigga, they do though. Well, does that mean you're a part of BLM? Well, Black Lives Matter is a nonprofit organization and no, I've never paid dues to it, but do Black Lives Matter? Yes. Like, I don't, like, if you want to read this in the most cynical way, you can, you just are being stupid and you're weaponizing a phrase that don't have to be that. Black Lives Matter don't mean nobody else's life don't matter. It don't mean that at all. Except in some people's mouth, maybe it do. But you know, coming out of my mouth, that's not what I meant. So we knew coming out of uh, our congresswoman's mouth, that ain't what she meant. She wasn't talking about the eradication of Israel. Come on, fam. Even, even in this discussion, like the idea of a one-state or two-state solution, right? River to the sea. There's a, there's a thing that a two-state solution would be like, nigga, just let Palestine be a country. Like, just, I don't understand why you making this so difficult. You done already chunked off, you know, 80% of their land, like, damn, nigga, Gaza and West Bank, they used to have a Golan Heights, cuz, you know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, just, man, chill. Just let them, they fighting you because you won't leave them the fuck alone. Like, just shit, bro. Like, you just keep, like, even, even, even in the West Bank, like, nigga, you got Israeli settlements. It, like, nigga, just shit, man. Just sign a deal and make a fucking border. Like, you don't have to, like, why do you have to have it all, right? That's like the two-state solution. Just let them be a thing. Israel like, well, if they exist, our safety is in danger. We can't have no two-state solution. We have to control them because they're dangerous. That's, that's Israel's argument. Another one is Israel's arguments is like, yo, we tried. We keep offering them things like, yo, we let Hamas govern 
Like we just backed out. We left in 2007. Like we let Hamas govern West ba or govern Gaza. Like and look what this shit turned out to be. Like what? What do you, like? What more do you want? Like we trying. They don't believe in compromise. How y'all mad at us? Damn, is they argument? To which the Palestinians are like, nigga, you call this a compromise? I, you can't be serious. Like this is an un. That is an unserious statement. Like you cannot. You cannot actually believe that you leaving us alone. Uh, you could. This is not a what you giving us. You're giving us these ugly ass three sixty record deals. And you really think like like you really think we that stupid? Like no, this is not a tenable deal. Like even the most pragmatic of Palestinian government official is like, oh this this a bullshit deal. Like you do no, we're a country not country. I just came back from Hong Kong. Hong Kong is like China not China. Like I just. What is this? And then you have the more hardline Israeli are like, when I say exist, I mean living. Not, I'm not saying as a nation state, I mean any of them alive, then our safety is in danger. That's, that's, that's that other argument. Which brings me to, in my mind, the most chilling statement to come out of, at least out of Benjamin Netanyahu's mouth. I'm gonna talk about Hamas next episode, you know, to figure out they math here like okay what was your end game but we'll talk about that next you know, i turns out they didn't they didn't realize how with the shits benjamin was but anyway uh at least that's my opinion but that's next week um he in this speech he gave and this is like this is the phrase that made me be like okay i we need to do an episode about this is he quotes this old testament passage in deuteronomy now I don't know how many of y'all have read your Bibles, lived through Sunday school. You know, I don't care if it's a Mormon Sunday school. Hell, you could be Muslim, you know what I'm saying? And you have probably, you probably understand Deuteronomy. You know, you probably know more about your Bible than uh, a lot of Christians do. Anyway, you've gotten to this part. And he quotes this, this passage where he says, Remember, and I'm not going to do it in a Hebrew accent because that's corny. Um, but he said, it's corny for me to do it. I'm not saying a Hebrew accent is corny. You understand what I mean. I'm not going to mock the man's accent. Um, but he said, remember what the Amalekites did to you. Now, the Amalekites were in the Old Testament. Maybe they're mythical. Maybe they're not real. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, they were a tribe in the land of Canaan, which is modern day area that we're talking about, right? Uh, let me fast, let me, let me rewind back a little further. You got Father Abraham who had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham, right? So Abraham, father of Jews, Christians, and Muslim religion. Uh, he was our, you know, the father of the three faiths, coming from Ur of Chaldeans, had his son Isaac, had his son Jacob, but Abraham also had Instead, not just Isaac had Ishmael, and there's a belief that like Ishmael and Hagar, which was Abraham's wife's handmaiden, this is all Bible stuff, became the 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 father of of Islam, right? Um, anyway, that's lineage stuff that it, I'm in the weeds. The point is, when Israel, you know, fast forward to Moses, let my people go, you know, Prince of Egypt. They leave Egypt, they wander the wilderness for 40 days on their way to the promised land, which is the land for which all of this shit is about, like the currently, you know, 
um, according to their Bible. This is Genesis, doubt, right? Now, as they were supposed to subdue the land, right? He's calling back to this idea of this promise that Yahweh of the scriptures gave the children of Israel that this land will be yours, but you have to drive out the people, follow me, that are there. Now, the people that were there at the time were called the Canaanites because they were in the land of Canaan. Now, Canaan had a lot of different type of tribes that exist. Now, again, we're talking ancient history, so tribal warfare is something that's super normal, right? Unfortunately, now we have guns, but one of those tribes that were there that were enemies of Israel were a tribe called the Amalekites. Now, a lot of readings from modern uh, Judaism sees a lot of this stuff as metaphor, like that there weren't really a group, a tribe called the Amalekites. And this story is more akin to like the greater and higher jihad inside of Islam, which is the idea of like the war within yourself, the war to subdue, to fight against evil urges and to push the lower parts of you, the low vibrations of yourself to subdue those and be a master of your own urges, your own bodies to choose the right things, to choose good rather than choosing the debased sort of id of it all, right? If you're Christian, this is the idea of like, the war of the flesh versus the war of the spirit. You're beating your flesh into submission. You know, you're holding thoughts captive. Like that's that, that first Corinthians idea, you know, bring every thought into captivity of the will of God. Like, so there's an idea here that goes across all of our faiths. And let me pause and say this, man, like to my Jewish friends, like the, even with the time I've spent in like Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, I was there for a few uh, Shabbat meals well, it's a beautiful, beautiful faith, a beautiful tradition in history. Okay, so I just want to put that out there. The Amalekites symbolize you defeating your inner id, right? But why this is so chilling is, the, is what the rest of that passage says. It says, remember what the Amalekites did to you. And then God commands them to go kill every man, woman, child, cow, calf. And if you read your King James version, it said, and everything that pisseth against the wall, pisseth. When we was in Sunday school, we used to love that phrase. So for him to invoke that, if you, if you've been through, if you've been through a bar mitzvah, if you had to read them scriptures, you know what he's saying. That's, I mean, that's a call to genocide. It's, I know what you meant when you said that. He was saying the offense on October 7th was such a green light that I can invoke this part of our faith. feel like because again I speak cuz blood gangbanging and because I grew up in church I heard what he said now I don't know the man I just know what you just communicated to me 
because of all the passages in the Torah, that's the one you're going to call on, the one that says, oh, wipe them out. And then you couple that with his actions. Now, nah, ain't no peace. I feel like I heard what you just said, big dog. Now, like I said in the beginning, a government is not its people. Its people are not its government. So this is not a diss to the people of Israel. Although I'm pretty sure there are some that may agree with him. I am also very aware of many people that don't. And I'm also aware of many Jewish people that ain't got no idea what I'm talking about. Like, they like, law. we just look, man, I don't remember none of that shit. I just know what he said is almost impossible to miss. Now, I'm not saying this from some particular high horse because America does it all the time. We did it to the natives all the time. Like their their justification of slavery was this idea that they were bringing the gospel to Africa. Like, so don't like, listen, I'm not, there's blood on our hands. I just know, homie, I heard what you said. And I think, I think your country may have heard what you said too. And I don't know, fam. You could have said a lot of different things. That's the one you said. So whoever wrote that shit and got you to say it, oh, nigga, you knew what you were saying. <sighs> Little politics, y'all. You know, I don't know why I ain't thought of this before, but, you know, you could use promo code HOOD for 15% off on terraformcoldbrew.com. Like, I forgot I own that company and this is my pod. Y'all go ahead and punch your promo code HOOD if you in the cold brew. And get you some cold brew. Go on, get you some coffee. Y'all, like, I can't believe I ain't thinking this till right now. This thing right here was recorded by me, Propaganda, in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, California. This thing was mixed, edited, mastered, and scored by the one and only Matt Osowski. Y'all, check out this fool's music. I mean, it's incredible. Executive produced by Sophie Lichterman for Cool Zone Media. Man, and thank you for everybody who continue to tap in with us. Make sure you leave a reviews and five-star ratings and sharing it with the homies so we could get this thing pushed up in the algorithm and listen i just want to remind you these people is not smarter than you if you understand city living you understand politics we'll see you next week Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand, when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.